To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today I'm back with some parenting questions. I have quite a few to catch up on, so I'll continue to answer the parenting questions in the next several episodes. And then in a couple of weeks, I will cover the very interesting topic of birth order. What common traits are of each birth order, only children, oldest children, middle, last, and multiples. What factors affect the degree to which a child may or may not exhibit the common traits of their birth order, along with some things parents may want to think about when parenting each child as it relates to his or her birth order. Personally, I think it's very fascinating stuff. But our first question today is from Jane, wanting to know how to deal with her two-year-old's hitting face. Hi, Erin. I came across your podcast recently, and after visiting your website, I've purchased the three-month package. I'm planning to go through all the courses. However, I'm wondering if there is a particular section I should focus on first as I'm having issues with my two-and-a-half-year-old son hitting and throwing things. This hitting phase has been going on since December, and I can't seem to figure out how to correct this behavior. In the past two weeks, he has started hitting his little brother. 
12 weeks old. So I am desperate to find a way to stop this. I assume the discipline section is the best place for me to start, but I thought I would ask in case there is another unit that might be better for this situation. Thanks in advance. Now Jane's question is specific to what classes will help her work with her son on hitting since she is a member. But since hitting in these early toddler years is such a common issue, I want to give some background and tips on this issue. The other piece is the hitting the younger sibling, so I want to also take a minute to address that piece as well. I want to start with talking about age-appropriate behavior. If you've listened to other podcast episodes where I've talked about this or watched any of my classes, then you're well aware that this hitting, fighting, kicking, and other such aggressive physical behaviors is normal in the 18 months to age range. Now this doesn't mean that we want to accept them or allow them. It just means that it's a normal reaction during this age because their logical brains are really underdeveloped. So when they get overwhelmed with emotion, these young toddlers tend to act out physically as a reaction to the strong emotions that they're experiencing. So what we want to do is work with them to learn better ways of sharing their feelings. As we work with them in learning better ways to share feelings, we help their logical brains develop. So the first thing I want to share is that since I don't have really good information about what the scenario is or scenarios that are happening when he's resorting to hitting, I want to just give some feedback in general for parents who are dealing with this issue to take notes about what is happening in these instances. So for example, if you let a child know that they need to clean up because we have to go to the store and they throw a tantrum and start throwing their toys or hitting because they don't want to clean up, one of the ways to circumvent this can be to give warnings. So the five minute warning and then a three minute warning and a one minute warning that cleanup time is coming so that doesn't come too abruptly can oftentimes prevent the negative reactions from occurring. Now that's just one example. There are tons of other scenarios and other ways to circumvent these types of behaviors, but everything of course is a case by case basis. So with literally thousands of different scenarios, I can't possibly have time to go into every single scenario and address them all. And even so, there are still times when toddlers are going to get upset and they're going to react in a physical way. And so our job is to work with them to find better ways of sharing their frustrations with us rather than acting out physically when this does happen. So when a child hits or throws as a way of reacting physically, we want to coach them by first helping them label their emotion. When we label emotions for children, it helps them connect their emotional side of the brain with the logical side. The emotion side is the feeling. The logical side is the word. You could say something like, I can see you're very frustrated because you don't want to clean up your toys right now. Allow your child a moment to share his or her feelings and then empathize. Something like, I understand you're having a fun time playing, but we really do need to get to the store. So we have food for dinner, so we need to clean up. Then you want to teach your child that hitting is not an appropriate way to react. So then you would say something like, but we still don't hit. Hitting hurts. And then depending on the level of understanding your child may have, you can either tell your child or ask your child about how the other person might feel or what the other person may want to do in that situation. Something like, if you hit someone, they may not want to play with you, or they don't want to stick around. Or you can ask your child, if another child hit you, would you still want to play with them? Or would you rather go and play with somebody else? You're helping them realize that their choices 
have consequences and that kids may not want to play and you are not going to want to stick around either if they're going to hit. Now the other thing you will want to do is to work with your child during times that he or she is already calm to build emotion skills or emotional intelligence through recognizing emotions. So you can do things like read books about emotions and play games about emotions like the Silly Faces game. And I'll put up a link on the podcast on the episode page with a list of books to teach about emotions. And this is episode 64 of Parenting Q&A. So you can find the page for that episode and print out those handouts to keep with you. In addition, there are other activities and games that you can do to help teach kids how to deal more appropriately with their emotions. One of those games, like I mentioned, is the Silly Faces game. This is a game where you pick some different emotions and you say, show me your mad face. And everyone makes their mad face together. And if it's just the two of you and him, you would make your mad faces together. The next one, maybe show me your surprise face, show me your joyful face. And then at the end of it, you say, let me see your silliest face. And everybody cracks up and makes the game really fun. So they like to play it. I will also put a page up on the episode page that is a list of the different emotions that most kids in this toddler age range can recognize and make those faces so that you can mix it up and not always do the same faces during the game. If you're interested in some more tips on teaching kids emotion language and how to regulate emotion, I talk a lot about that in the tantrums class on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the development and health section. Now, the other piece I want to address is the hitting the younger sibling. So obviously, this is definitely unacceptable and something that needs to be addressed right away. So since you're aware that this is already an issue, you definitely want to stay in very close proximity when they're together. And this isn't always easy, especially if the younger sibling is mobile. But since you've got a 12-week-old, should be easy right now to keep the baby in a close physical proximity of you when the older sibling is around. Now, when it comes to misbehavior, there are seven different main reasons for misbehavior in kids. And in this case, the misbehavior is most likely due to trying to get attention. It's attention-seeking behavior. And as we know, negative attention is still attention. So one thing to be cognizant of is to be giving positive attention as much as you possibly can without going overboard. So when he is gentle with his younger sibling, give lots of positive attention for that And I don't know if this is a little brother or sister, but let's just say it's a sister. You could say something like, you handed the block to your sister when you saw she was reaching for it. That was very helpful. Now, you want to give this type of descriptive praise when you see these situations occurring. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on this right here, but I did talk about this concept in the self-esteem episode, which is episode number two. So you can go back and listen to that. But descriptive praise is describing the behavior and assigning a character trait to it. The other type of praise is called evaluative praise, and that's the stuff we want to stay away from because it's evaluating their behavior, and it builds extrinsic motivation, the motivation that gets built based on another person's approval. They will start behaving based on our approval. Now the descriptive praise builds the internal motivation because it's letting the child know what characteristics are important to us, what values are important to us, and then they repeat those values, kindness, empathy, helpful, caring, hardworking, 
these types of things. Now in the moment, when he hits the younger sibling, you want to first give attention to the sibling who got hit or got hurt, but again, without going overboard. So this teaches that the attention is going to go to the one who got hurt first. You want to go to the child who got hurt and say, I'm sorry you got hit, let me see, are you okay? And we wanna be careful, again, not to go overboard because if the child gets too much attention for being the victim, or for getting hurt, they're going to start to play that up to try to get attention for getting hurt. So this is a fine line to walk. After you've given some small attention to the child who got hurt, are you okay? It looks like you're okay, let me rub it for a second. Or something very minimal to make sure they're feeling okay, then you move to the child who was the perpetrator, who did the hitting or the kicking, or threw the toy and hit the other child in the head, whatever the case may be. And then you start coaching about how we don't hit, hitting hurts. And if you can ask questions rather than giving the answers, that's even better. Once your child is at that point where he or she can answer these questions. So you would say, do we hit? How do we think that makes her feel? Do you like to be hit? If someone hit you, would you want to keep playing with that person? What should you do instead of hitting? So again, it would be better to ask the questions and let your child answer each of these. But if the child hasn't been coached enough yet and doesn't know the answers, you can certainly help him or her with the answers until they can answer them on their own. Now, of course, this coaching will take time. It's not something that's going to get fixed in a week or even two weeks, but you will start to see gradual improvement over several weeks to months, and especially depending on the age. When you have kids in their twos, it's going to take longer than when you've got kids in their threes because kids in their threes can start to pick this up much more quickly. One of the ways you will know this is working is when the child is able to answer the questions on his or her own rather than you having to coach or prompt the answers. Once the child is able to answer these relatively quickly, you know that it's starting to get in there and that the next step is going to be that they're actually going to be able to start incorporating these thoughts into their actions. Now this will happen slowly at first. A few times here and a few times there, the child will remember to use his or her words rather than hitting. And then soon, more and more frequently. The other thing you can also work on with your kids is when they are having difficulty dealing with a situation and they're getting too upset, is to learn to come and get an adult for help. So let's say you have a two and a half year old toddler who wants a toy from a really young sibling, a 12 month old or six month old, and they really want the toy and they're getting frustrated, but they know they don't grab it. So you teach them to come and get you to get some help so that you can help them with the frustration. It's part of life. We don't get everything we want the moment we want it. And that's tough for little kids. Heck, it's tough for some adults. So it's better if the kids can learn while they're really young and they're going to need our help to learn to deal with that frustration of waiting until it's their turn to have a toy. The point here is just that it's important to help kids understand that it's not just okay, but they need to be able to tell when they aren't handling a situation well and they need some help from an adult and to come get you. Now, I also advise Jane to watch the class on sibling rivalry to learn about all the do's and don'ts for building a really strong relationship between siblings because these relationships start really early and there's a lot of things that we can do that help build their connection and things we don't want to do that can hurt their connection. And I'll get to this next question in a moment after a word from our sponsor. 
This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now, back to our show, and the next question is from Nicola. Nicola, I apologize, I'm not quite sure how to say your name. She says, my five-year-old son has never had a problem expressing his emotions accurately. My struggle is that when I'm trying to talk to him about his behavior, he is continually debating me and saying things like, you have made me sad or you're not respecting me, amongst other imaginative responses. Often I feel that the things he is saying are not accurate, but I guess that doesn't necessarily mean he isn't feeling that way. How do I get him to see the situation accurately while still being sensitive to his feelings? All his talk and floods of loud tears on top of the behavior I'm trying to deal with puts me into sensory overload, and I just can't figure out the best way to respond. Any ideas? Well, he sounds like a smart little guy, and without really knowing him really well or seeing the situation, I'm trying to guess the motivation behind his behavior. So I'm going to throw out a couple of ideas along with some ways to deal with each, and perhaps he's doing a little bit of both of these ideas. But first is he really could be feeling bad about either what he did 
or just about feeling bad about getting in trouble for it. And if he's acting emotional, which it sounds like he is with your description of the flood of tears, is that you won't be able to explain anything or to get any of your points across if he's upset, if he's not calm. So the first thing you want to address is his feelings. Like you said, even if he's not quite describing them accurately or in ways that are particularly productive, so you want to ask him about his feelings. What about the situation is making him feel sad or disrespected? Then you can address those feelings that he gives you about why he's sad or why he's feeling disrespected. Now, without knowing his answers, it's really impossible for me to really help give an idea of how to coach him through. But the main idea is to address his feelings and let him know that you don't want him to feel sad or disrespected, that that is not your intent, but that you are just helping him learn to make better choices and understand the outcomes of his choices. You can also let him know that you aren't mad at him if you think that would help. So you could say something like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to help you understand the outcome of your choices. So you have all the information you need and you can think about it and make a better choice the next time. If he still seems to need to discuss his feelings, let him finish. And then once he's calm, you can get into discussing his behavior, coaching him, asking him lots of questions. Actually, you may want to start out by asking questions, and this may be enough to change his initial reaction. What I mean by that is when you go to address him on his behavior, what I do with my kids is I start out by asking, why do you think I want to talk with you right now? Now, at this point, my kids pretty much always know why I pulled them aside to talk with them and they can answer it. But a lot of times, especially early when you first start this, kids will very often say, I don't know. And then you can just explain whatever the situation is. You asked me if you could have a snack before dinner and I said no, but you went into the pantry and you got one anyway. I feel disrespected when you don't listen to me. Now the other thought I have about the motivation of the behavior is that it may be for power, a way to try and manipulate the situation. Another one of the reasons kids misbehave is to try to gain power. So if he's feeling powerless or less power than he would like during these interactions, he may be creating this reaction and getting emotional to gain a feeling of power. And his choice of words he uses could be an indicator of this. So you can think about that if you feel that it rings true at all in this situation. It won't change the way you react to him, but by going in with questions and by listening to his feelings first before trying to address the issue of his behavior, it will deflate the manipulation for power if that's what's going on. But I just wanted to put that out there as some possibility to think about if that might be his motivation behind that behavior. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, please send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.